Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, July 6th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I hope you all had a great Independence Day holiday. Gold is down slightly this morning after an upbeat jobs report that beat expectations. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1257.60, silver is at 1609, and the silver gold ratio is at 78.37. Gold has been trending steadily downward over the last few weeks, but it reversed course on Tuesday, gaining about 1%. Depending on how today pans out, we could see our first weekly gain in four. Some weakening in the dollar has helped gold. The dollar index was down 0.1% at 94.371 on Thursday. In the previous session, it slipped to its lowest level since June 26 at 94.177. The Federal Reserve released the minutes from its June meeting yesterday. There weren't really any surprises there, and the notes were basically in line with market expectations. They gave no indication that the Fed might slow down its pace of rate hikes. The minutes suggested policymakers might soon signal the central bank's rate hiking cycle is advanced enough that policy was no longer boosting or constraining the economy. So in other words, we've hit that neutral level. That could signal the end of the rate tightening cycle. The trade war continues to make headlines. On Thursday, President Trump said the U.S. may ultimately impose tariffs on more than half a trillion dollars worth of Chinese goods. The United States is due to begin collecting tariffs on $34 billion in Chinese products on Friday. China implemented additional tariffs on some import products from the United States immediately after the U.S. tariffs took effect, according to Chinese state media. The June jobs report came out this morning. U.S. employers added 213,000 non-farm jobs, more than economists had expected. But the unemployment rate jumped from 3.8% to 4% as more people joined the labor force to look for work. Meanwhile, wage growth slowed. Average hourly earnings increased by 0.2% month-on-month and 2.7% year-on-year, weaker than economists had forecast. I spend a lot of time talking about economic news and monetary policy on this show, but it's important to occasionally stop and look at the fundamentals in the precious metals market, and that's what I want to do today. A couple of reports came out this week that paint a rosy picture for gold demand in the coming years. The World Gold Council Gold Investor Report for July focused on the growing use of gold in technology. Over the past decade, the tech sector accounted for more than 380 tons of gold demand annually. That's actually 13% ahead of central bank purchases during the same period. The WGC CEO said, quote, Technology is transforming the way we live, work, and play, changing almost every aspect of our world, from industry to financial services to healthcare. Gold plays an integral part in this societal shift, end quote. Gold has primarily been used in electronics. You'll find the yellow metal in phones, cars, televisions, and hospital monitors. Gold's unique physical properties make it an ideal material for a wide range of electronic applications. It doesn't corrode or tarnish like other highly conductive metals such as copper and silver. It's also soft, pliable, and can easily be drawn out into narrow wires or plated into thin coatings. 
Gold demand in the electronics sector fell off in the first half of this decade as manufacturers sought less costly substitutes for gold bonding wire. But demand rebounded last year. The electronics sector used 265 tons of gold in 2017, a 4% increase from 2016. It marked the first year-on-year percentage growth since 2010. Demand for gold is also growing in the healthcare field. Gold nanoparticles are being used to treat cancer and to help diagnose other diseases. Scientists have recently developed tiny robots made from the yellow metal that can clean pathogens out of the blood. Gold may even help restore eyesight. According to the World Gold Council, quote, gold's contribution to the technology sector underpins its value in the modern world and its ongoing role as an industrial commodity, end quote. Meanwhile, according to the Silver Institute, the boom in green technology will consume over 1.5 billion ounces of silver through the year 2030. Industrial use accounts for a large share of silver demand. Silver was a key component in the photographic industry for years, but demand for silver in photographic applications dropped precipitously with the advent of digital photography. Silver used in electronics and solar panels has helped take up the slack. Industrial demand for silver rose 4% to 599 million ounces in 2017. Solar panel fabrication primarily drove that growth. Photovoltaic demand climbed 19% as solar panel installations worldwide rose 24%. Brazing alloy and solder silver fabrication also increased, rising about 4%. According to the Silver Institute, the ongoing green technology revolution will continue to drive industrial silver demand. Quote, the exponential growth of new energy vehicles and continued investment in solar photovoltaic energy should further boost global industrial demand for silver over the next decade and beyond, end quote. Silver is a key component in solar panel production. China, in particular, continues to rapidly increase solar energy production. In its 13th five-year plan, Beijing aims to triple its solar capacity by 2020. Last year ranked as the strongest on record for solar-related silver demand. Analysts estimate roughly 820 million ounces of silver will be utilized by global solar energy applications through 2030. Silver is also used in electric cars. With a push to lower CO2 emissions, the demand for hybrid and electric vehicles will likely grow in the coming years. According to the Silver Institute, electric vehicle and battery production will account for approximately 725 million ounces of total silver demand through 2030. Silver also has a role to play in the development of nuclear power. Tech demand for both gold and silver will likely continue to increase over the next several decades. This could have a significant impact on overall demand for these precious metals. Silver demand has always been heavily influenced by industrial use, but this is becoming increasingly true for gold as well, especially in high-tech applications. It's important to consider these supply and demand fundamentals as you analyze the broader precious metals markets. Here's some good news if you live in Wyoming. Last Sunday, a law defining gold and silver species as legal tender and eliminating all taxes levied on it went into effect. The Wyoming Legal Tender Act defines gold and silver specie as legal tender, meaning it will be recognized as a medium of exchange for the payment of debts and taxes in the state. Practically speaking, gold and silver specie will be treated as money, putting it on par with Federal Reserve notes in the state. The law also prohibits the state or local governments from levying any property, sales, or capital gains taxes on gold or silver specie. Wyoming does not have an income tax. However, it does have a sales tax, and until Sunday, it was assessed against precious metal bullion. 
The enactment of the Wyoming Legal Tender Act is part of a broader movement as states continue to ease tax burdens on precious metals and pave way for currency competition by encouraging the use of gold and silver as money. If you're following the world of cryptocurrencies, I've got an interesting report for you. A website called deadcoins.com lists over 800 cryptocurrencies that no longer exist or have a value of one cent or less. I'll link to that article in the show notes page. Holdings in global gold-backed ETFs and similar products fell by 94.3 tons to 2,434 tons in June. It was the first time we've seen net outflows in gold-backed ETFs in several months. Investors shrugged off poor equity market performance and escalating global trade tensions, pushing the gold price down by 4.2% in June. North American funds lost $1.9 billion in the face of U.S. dollar strength and a declining gold price, while Funds listed in Asia lost about $149 million. Europe was the only region with inflows during the month. Gold holdings in gold-backed ETFs increased fractionally by $52 million. ETFs are backed by physical gold held by the issuer and are traded on the market like stocks. They allow investors to play gold without having to buy full ounces of gold at spot price. Since their purchase is just a number in a computer, they can trade their investment into another stock or cash pretty much whenever they want, even multiple times on the same day. Many speculative investors appreciate this liquidity. There are good reasons to invest in ETFs, but they aren't a substitute for owning physical metal. In an overall investment strategy, Shift Gold recommends buying gold bullion first. To learn more about the difference between investing in ETFs and physical metal, and to discuss the investment strategy that's right for you, talk to a Shift Gold precious metal specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page. You can also watch on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.